Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to Spark London. We tell true stories. We tell them live. And we tell them all across London. This story was told by David Dinell in September 2011. Where the theme was land or sea. I've always had a real love and a true reverence for the sea and, and for the ocean. I think this mainly is born from the fact that I was actually born in a landlocked country. It was uh, Zimbabwe, well, formerly Rhodesia, so there's no coast. And I remember when I was a kid, all the, uh, all the rich kids would be taken to South Africa by their parents. They'd go to Cape Town on holidays. And it just sounded like this amazing thing, just a huge expanse of unending ocean. And Mozambique was the next country along where there was a terrible war that went on there for 20 years. And it was only 100 kilometers, a very thin country, so tantalizingly close. And some days, if you're in the eastern border, you could actually smell the sea. So um, obviously when I became an adult, I uh, you know, really indulged in this love for the sea. You know, I've got all the paddy scuba certificates and everything like that, and I will, probably till the day I die, have a love for the ocean. And I remember not long after I qualified, I was very lucky I did my qualification in, in the Caribbean, I remember seeing my advanced instructor had a, a death certificate for someone who died on a dive. You know, they'd been in a wreck, they got lost. And the reason of death, it was called Death Through Misadventure. I'll never forget the word, misadventure. You know, they all kind of say, come, come, do adventure diving. And then when you die, oh no, it's actually just a misadventure. <laughs> so so I, that was something that really stuck. I thought, I never want to have that. You know, the coroner is never going to put that on my certificate. So I've always been very, very careful when I dive. I love diving, but yeah, you can't take it for granted. You have to be really, really uh, conscientious. And bizarrely enough, last year, uh, my girlfriend and I went on holiday with a good friend of ours to Sicily. And I very nearly had that terrible word <laughs> attached to my name but this time it wasn't actually the, the sea that was to blame it, it was the land itself I'll tell you we went with a friend who is a, an opera singer she's an opera singer she's Sicilian by way of New Orleans yeah. so she can make a lot of noise this lady <laughs> so a, a bit similar to Paul's story by the time we arrived at the airport to get our EasyJet flight I was pretty drunk you know she was on the phone to the, the, the mafia cousins no I told you the hotel yeah. it was all this stuff so stressful stressful we touched down 10 o'clock in the morning in just outside of Palermo, 40 degrees. And I thought Africa was hot. You know, the, the taxi ride from the place where we were saying to Terracini, which is just a little peninsula, I looked at the, the, uh, the cab driver's little console. I said, 40 degrees. I was like, that can't be right. I wound the window down. It was like there was a thousand hair dryers just literally blowing in one direction. Anyway, so we got to the hotel, another big performance. The mafia cousin booked the wrong one, called us, his room wasn't right. So down to the bar. <laughs> Eventually, by about... 11.30, we got to the beach. And it's, it's a thing with me. Whenever I arrive in any country where there's sea, I kind of feel a sort of visceral pulling to the ocean. I mean, I have to be in that sea very, very quickly. 
So for me, we were there on the beach. I was like, right now I can forget about everything. I'm going to go for a long swim. I had with me, I didn't pack any luggage, no underwear, nothing like that. I bought my scuba gear. So I had a brand new pair of fins. These weren't just any fins. These were Cressy, sort of submariners, multi-compound fins, glistening, brand new out of the box. My dive mask, yeah, so fins are flippers, basically, you know, in dive puns, but they sound cooler when you call them fins, yeah, and, and, and my mask, this is just a goggles, basically. Uh, anyway, so I set off, all I had, I had a, the only letdown was my sort of a fluorescent turquoise Ted Baker Speedos, you know, but, you know, I packed in haste, obviously. So I headed out, and it was, it was quite a, a lovely big bay, and the, the colour, if anyone's been to Sicily, it's uh, where they shot that movie, The Big Blue for a very good reason. It's this kind of opalescent turquoise water. It's absolutely pristine, gorgeous, gorgeous, and obviously blood warm. I started swimming, and I noticed there was this little sort of a coral trench with a sandy bottom, by and large, and there's a bit of seagrass. Now, one of the rarest things you, you'll ever see in, in the ocean are um, seahorses. You, know, you can see sharks, anyway, common as muck, but seahorses, actual proper iridescent, you know, kind of Disney-like seahorses are hard to find. So I was enthralled by this, and I followed this trench all the way, and they were a bit wary, so they kept swimming further out. Anyway, before I knew it, about an hour had gone by, and I, I realized I was having to dive down pretty deep to actually you know, look at these little critters. So I kind of had a look around, which I should have done a lot earlier, and there was a strong current, had just been, the, the tide had completely changed, and I was way the hell out. I mean, I'd gone you know, maybe five kilometers you know, on, on land, land size. So I looked back and I could see this tiny little dot with the town of Terracina. I thought, Jesus. So I turned around and started swimming back. And the current was absolutely formidable. You know, it's so, so deceptive. Fortunately, if I looked to my right, there was a sort of peninsula with an old fort. It looked like sort of a, little, a little finger curled around. And that was it. After that was, was ocean. So I thought, right, I've got to just go across you know, and get there. Swimming, swimming. Of course, I'm hung over now. <laughs> the, the effects of the flow of water. Yeah. I'm also very, very thirsty. You know, no suntan lotion, just the speedos. I'm like, oh. Anyway, it was, it was a really, really hard, even for a, for a reasonably experienced swimmer, it was a very hard swim. I finally got there. And there was nothing. It was like this barren outcrop. I was like, God. And as I got closer, I saw these weird sort of clumped shapes on the rocks. And what they were, they were these bizarre birds. They looked like dirty old men kind of hiding their privates. Like, oh, yeah. And they were really cagey. Like, they were wild, kind of feral creatures. You know, they obviously hadn't seen many humans, which, you know, should have given me a bit of a heads up. So I sort of swam there. I was like, you know. And also, it got very rocky, and there were loads of sea urchins. So I couldn't just come on shore. I had to sort of turn myself around. And if you ever try walking forward in the water with flippers, it's uh, not a good idea. So you have to go backwards. So I was sort of struggling backwards up this, this thing. And I heard this noise. I, I saw all these birds on either side of me kind of clumping themselves down like they were kind of, you know, getting ready for the Armageddon. I thought, that's and then it's built up. And I turned around, and there was a 737 jet, full lights on, landing gear, literally heading straight towards me. And I, I, it's the most terrifying thing I think I've probably ever seen in my life. I've seen a few scary things. Um, and it, it, it probably went 30 feet over my head, but it actually felt like the landing gear literally brushed my head, you know, the heat of the wash of the jets. And I literally, I went over, you know, flippers, feathers, <laughs> lots of sexual expletives, you know, a few uh, urchins stuck in various places. Anyway, so I finally got up, and I realized I was actually on the landing strip at the very tip of the landing strip where we'd arrived in three hours before. <laughs> I was standing there, exhausted. You know, so... So I took my flippers off, and I'm standing with my goggles on my neck, my flippers, and speedos. And that's it. 
And it's, it's now getting on for like, you know, one o'clock. So the sun is like there. My, my shadow is like this little ink blot. So I start walking down this runway and there's nothing. I mean, there's just nobody. You know, it, it, it sweeps around like that. And I can see it just goes from where I got out to just like sheer cliff. So that's why there was no signs, because it's just like the biggest natural barrier in the world. So I thought, well, look, I've, I've got to find something. There must be a stairway down there. Walking, walking, there, and it was like being on the dark side of the moon. There were little wild rabbits that kind of, kind of run around. <laughs> so I'm walking, about literally an hour later, and I was really starting to feel the pain. I saw a four by four in the distance. So I kept walking. I started waving my flippers like this. Anyway, as I got closer, I saw this, uh, this uh, Sicilian you know, airport guard guy. He was like slumped over, obviously had a heavy night, had sunglasses on. I started shouting, you know, hey, can, can you see me? Suddenly he sort of wakes up and he, he does this double take. Anyway, suddenly the blue lights go on. He puts it in gear, huge plume of dust. He speeds towards me. Anyway, he, I was just standing like this. And he, really, he nearly ran me over. He, he jumps out, hand on his gun. He's like, what are you Get out of here, get out of here. All right, you know, I, don't, I speak Italian badly. Sicilian is, you know, forget about it. And so uh, I tried to explain. I said, look, I've, I've swam, I got off course, I'm on the beach. And he says, no. You hear no pussy. It's impossible. Impossible for me to be. You hear no. And I was like, well, no, I am here. I'm physically here. I am here. This, this is, but I am here. I just, can I walk to, no, 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 kufa, kufa, kufa. It's impossible. You, you must go. You must go. <laughs> okay. There's like this sheer drop. Yeah. Then there's runway and blazing heat. I said, look, have you got some water? No, 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 no. Go. You must go. No, go. He was completely having a full on, full on freak out. I think it was, it probably was literally like his job. So I started really, you know, just kind of swearing in my breath. I started walking back. <laughs> Trudging back down the street. Anyway, I was getting more and more right, more thirsty, more hungover. I thought, oh, you know, fuck this. I turned around again, started walking back towards him. I said, look, I've, I was going to turn. I'm, you know, one of the citizens of the Queen's realm. I've been talking to myself. How do you? Anyway, so and I was like, he sees me coming. So I see him getting on the radio. And then from way over there, I mean, there's another 10 minutes walking back. I see another three four-by-fours. Again, all that's all coming this way. So I thought, this is just going to be a complete cock-up. <laughs> so, so I looked over at where I'd got to, and it was about 50 feet down to the sea. But there was one big patch that was much bluer than the rest of the water, which is a good indication it's a slightly deeper bit. And, you know, I've done a lot of stupid kind of jumping off things, so I thought, oh, this it can't be that bad. So I had the fins, took a good run up, and I just ran, jumped, hit the water, absolutely fine. On the way down, I felt a searing, searing pain on the back of my arm. And anyway, it was a lot shallower than I thought. It wasn't that deep at all. It was just deep enough to kind of stop the fall, but my, my heels dug into soft sand. And I kind of lost one of my fins, I swam up, and I got to the surface. I just felt more of these things. I swam down, got my fin, I looked up. There was this whole kind of nebula of jellyfish. You know, that, that's this big blue clump of, uh, they call them Portuguese men of war. You know, long trailing tentacles. So I'm there kind of, you know, dying of breath, burnt to a crisp, underwater, putting my flippers on. I had to do a sort of reverse ascent using my fins to kind of kick these things out the way. Anyway, the, the swim back was the hardest I've ever done in my life. You know, you can forget Category 5 diving, you know, that was, it was uh, almost impossible. Because every five minutes I had to put my head under the water and kind of kick these things out the way. The current was against me. 
when I finally got onto land, you know, where I left my girlfriend, she was, she was moderately worried about where I was. You know? But everyone else was there, you know, it was like life was going on, people were having caprinias, you know, drinking things. It was, like, it was okay. It was, it was like, I'd, like I'd been in the cupboard in Narnia. You know, <laughs> I, I, I nearly died. And so I'm walking there, with my flippers, I'm staggering along. And then so I, started, I finally flopped down on, my, on, on my, my sun lounger with my Wilbur Smith book. And I thought, God, you know, w- w- was that an adventure? Yes. Was it a mistake? Definitely. <laughs> was it a misadventure? Um, well, I'll leave you to decide, but you know, the fact that I can still tell the story means I guess it wasn't a misadventure yet. <laughs> <laughs> For more stories, head to sparklondon.com. Spark London is produced by Joanna Yates. With audio production by Matt Hill at rethinkdaily.co.uk. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.